Transcending the Veil. Today we want to talk about psychedelics. A bit of a broad topic, but let's narrow it down what we actually want to talk about. So it is a topic, or that the word itself covers many substances and it probably reaches over to the area of drugs as well and it currently falls under the category of drugs due to some uh, governmental decisions back in the 60s over in the US but psychedelics themselves for us for our understanding on for our discussion today I would say we, we include substances such as ayahuasca therefore DMT, psilocybin, and let's say possibly other plant medicines such as peyote maybe and so on. So only let's say very the very natural products that we got to know from indigenous tribes, how they've been used and how they are used today. And I would say we, we should really start with what is currently put into society through the likes of Netflix and documentaries that are currently available and have been over the past few years that really now tackle the problem of the connotation how magic mushrooms and uh, psychedelics are perceived in society and what they actually are. So I believe we are in a phase of awakening of rediscovery. So a few things are known and have been cleared up through the documentaries, but probably not everyone has watched those documentaries. So Klaus, do, do you want to start briefly by basically reviewing the past 60 years, what has happened and where we are getting to today and then Maybe in a second half, we can then dive into the actual experience of psychedelics and why or how they are taken, why they are taken and what the benefits actually are. Yeah, sure. Um, but I want to start taking a step back, actually, because we are creators. All of us are creators, meaning that I have created let's say ayahuasca, I have created psilocybin mushrooms, I've created you. I create everything. I am the creator. So taking a substance that gives you access to other worlds, other dimensions, it is just activating something inside of us that we already are. It is it's an act of remembering. This is what awakening is all about. Right. This is a very interesting start. <laughs> Because now you're already putting a few assumptions ahead and may I say your personal interpretation and perceiving of how you perceive certain things. But yeah, let, let's put it out there. Okay, that is one view. Um, yeah, every view is view. different. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But let's, let's start there. All right. So I know that for instance, plant medicines like uh, ayahuasca has uh, has been used uh, in tribes for like thousands of years is my understanding if that story is true I don't know but at least that is the impression I get when I view documentaries like the ones that you mentioned on Netflix um, so we know also from cave paintings that magic mushrooms have been used in certain tribes around the world and they are beneficial. They, they have been, they will always be beneficial for us, but there's this understanding among, um, yeah, in society at least, that those kind of compounds or substances or plant medicines are not good for you. So why is that connotation in our society right now? Well, this is my interpretation. I'm 
I'm only focusing on it because I know that I have experienced the benefits myself of these uh, plant medicines. So I'm aware of how little I can talk about them because people are not ready to, to listen. People are biased from social media, government. Uh, essentially, there is... Um, um, it's difficult to talk about among regular friends. It's not something that you bring up at a dinner party because usually in, in where I live in Denmark, it's, uh, well, how's the weather? You know, what's your car like? Uh, who's winning football championships and stuff like that. And then if you suddenly drop uh, a word like uh, ayahuasca in, in the conversation, you know, people are not listening anymore. They automatically put up their their response. Well, oh, you're talking about a drug. This is dangerous. Don't do it. We've heard of people going crazy and, and people in the mental institutions uh, or, or uh, mental institutions are filled with people that have taken it, right? So all these scare tactics and fear monitoring is uh, insane, but I'm, it's only because I'm aware of it. But I really like that Netflix at least have two, three, four documentaries related to um, plant medicines uh, I remember Sting being interviewed in, in one of the documentaries. Yeah, I think that was a general one about general psychedelics. Yeah. Uh, a few different types, yeah. Then there is one episode, uh, no, sorry, one one documentary about the different types of psychedelics. I think there's a talk about psilocybin, DMT, and mescaline, and so on. And I think and obviously quite famously that there are documentaries about specifically psilocybin which is a huge topic in itself and very yeah i think there are some interesting people in the u.s that really promote this topic yeah yeah it's it's a good coverage right now available why did you watch that documentary <laughs> do you want to <laughs> turn around the question answering answering thing well for me, it all started with ayahuasca, where I got introduced to that topic on an informational level as a way to really get to the core of your fundamental life questions, sort of the understanding understanding you, your existence, understanding the purpose of your life. And that really draw, drew me in and once i then obviously discovered what ayahuasca are uh, what ayahuasca is i then or this opened the door to the broad topic of psychedelics and then i started to discover oh there's something called psilocybin they're magic mushrooms and you know it's an area in, in in our life i had no connection with whatsoever and then i discovered okay ayahuasca is more the the heavy type, the, you really do some inner work, but there are more, more types like psilocybin, like peyote, San Pietro, and others as well. So that, that for me is sort of how I got into this topic and why I watched those documentaries because I became interested in them through my personal experience of ayahuasca. So that is the entire reason. It was mm. purely on an informational level where I got curious about psychedelics. And then I discovered how how the connotation of psychedelics are and that there is a difference between drugs and psychedelics, which is forgotten. But um, at least it was aware, in, or the society was aware in the 60s at least. Then I discovered all of these interesting topics that it was banned in the US by the government. Uh, and due to that the hospitals or the labs couldn't do research on them anymore and now there are some exceptions where they started to do research and then now there are a few hospitals in london and berlin and or even in the us again where they do clinical trials on depression and so on and they see the benefits and now even with the documentary documentaries where all of that is, is explained 
Um, it seems to be that society is going through a reawakening. Um, yes, interesting, interesting time. Yeah, it is. I believe one of the titles of the Netflix documentary is How to Change Your Mind. Oh, yes. Yeah, true. Yeah. And I, I like the title of it because it's the English language is so uh, ambiguous. It has several meanings, the title, How to Change Your Mind. Uh, and essentially seen from a, a advocate for, for psychedelics, it is one huge advertising for for uh, plant medicine yeah i think it's it's um it's nice it it is mainstream people are well it, it is content that is available to people if they want to yes. but if i talk to my neighbor about that documentary and i probably my neighbor has access to Netflix, right? But that person, my neighbor, would never watch it. Yeah, yeah. It's, because it's, it's not in their, on their radar at all. Yeah, true. That, that's true. I, I've been talking to people and, uh, I well, I think we can put out the assumption everyone has access to Netflix, more or less, <laughs> in, yeah. in the Western world. Um, yeah, that that many people have not discovered those episodes. That is interesting that that some people sort of get into that topic through through Netflix a bit, but yeah, many people still haven't discovered that it is available on Netflix. These these kinds of topics. Um, but on on the other hand, on the other extreme, what I find very interesting is that in our society there is a minute or a small small group of people that is very experienced in the field of psychedelics where you meet people even below 30 that have experience with ayahuasca with psilocybin but they also fall in a certain type of category of people that that really pursue life with a big question mark not 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 really life in terms of oh should i live but more in terms of how does life work you know people with just curiosity for life that that just you know want to explore life as much as possible and people that have discovered themselves in that state early on they yeah they those are the people that have experience with the psychedelics already and then you know it, it spreads all the way through up until 60 where people now discover it and sort of work on old traumas and uh, start working with those uh, yeah, plant medicines. Very interesting field. I was my my first experience with ayahuasca was in Ecuador, and this is over ten years ago, and it was in a beautiful retreat uh, center in some mountains in uh, Ecuador, and I remember one of the participants I was uh, lying next to. It was this huge. I think we were like 50 or 60 people in this huge room and um, next to me was what I back then considered an old man. He, his hair, hair was gray, he wore um, hearing aids and he, um, he told me right before we took the, uh, the ayahuasca, please uh, please let me know if I'm snoring because I might fall asleep. And I was looking at this, what I perceived to be an old guy, like, okay, uh, 60-ish. I'm, I'm actually surprised that he was there because at that time I was 38, 39, and most of the people were around my age, but he was one of those outsiders. And he, of course, he turned out to be a, a fantastic, uh, loving a human person, human being, and uh, we started talking. But he, he was, uh, he fell asleep during the the first ceremony we had, and I had to wake him up because he was snoring so loud. <laughs> None of us could actually do anything, and um, that was that was a quite nice experience, uh, seeing that it is not just for 
my generation, but also for people that have gone before me. And I didn't get a chance actually to talk more to him, but now that you mentioned that it is not just for younger people, it is actually for people of most ages. My, my parents are 80 and they would never take it. They, they are not mentally capable of it. Yeah, that, that's so, very so, interesting. Because yeah, so there's, there's um, I don't know if this is how life is supposed to work, but at least there, there's some development stages of our consciousness where we are eager to explore more of what we already are. And at some point in time, and this might be generational, but that curiosity, uh, I wouldn't call it close, close it down, but that's at least what I perceive looking at my parents and uh, perhaps the, the prior generation. Yeah, what, what I found fascinating when doing ayahuasca, which was done in, in a huge group, is that the denominating factor that, that combined all of the people, and there were some people, I think only a small amount below 30, or at this at the beginning of 30 i think the main parts of in the 40s maybe but even then people that were retiring like like 60 there was a guy next to me that was quite old and all of those people they all had questions about life curiosity or even you know people that that were retiring is like oh bloody hell i've lived my life went to that company every day, day in, day out, but I've never lived my life. So, you know, they, they, they all had this urge to understand things about themselves and understand things about society in the end as well. Uh, and rediscovery them, or they were on the path of rediscovery to themselves. And that, that feels like is, is sort of the, the group of people that are drawn to this. But ayahuasca in itself then is very specific, right? It is it is really there to do some inner work and to get the to these answers, which is fascinating. Which then obviously points to the question, why do we still have um therapy in this world? <laughs> because <laughs> ayahuasca can do that for you. Well, not for you, sorry. That that is the wrong wording. Uh, you can do it with ayahuasca because obviously there's still a lot of discipline and internal work that you need to do and the integration afterwards is probably the most important part. Essential. Yeah, essential, exactly. Yeah. And and I th I actually think that integration, the integration part is what is not talked so much about. It's more, well, I had this beautiful experience with ayahuasca or I was tripping balls on mushrooms and saw these things and then what yeah exactly and that, for me that that really what resonated with me is the the guy that was leading the ceremony who who said at the end is right there are people that have done ayahuasca today for the first time and there are people that have done it a few times in general some people do it once in their life and some people do it again and again. But the key thing is to integrate what you've learned. And if you don't manage to integrate, you will do it again without learning. And that, that it, it was along those lines, right? It wasn't exactly those words. But that really resonated with me where I thought, right, yeah, bloody hell. There are some people that that I, that get get addicted to this experience, which can which can be very beautiful definitely very vivid um, but also can be very dark and deep uh, deep can be beautiful but also can be dark um, and there are, there are people that are there for the experience but not for the learning part which is the essential part and integration in life but this is I think is very specific to ayahuasca and for magic mushrooms, it really depends on the dosage, right? You you can have what what is referred to as a heroic dose of psilocybin, where you get to these types of levels.
but again it is very different to to an ayahuasca experience it is it's tricky to describe right but it's probably a bit more earthy <laughs> that's probably the best the more best. organic perhaps well it depends yeah, um, the... ayahuasca can be well i took ayahuasca for the first time in ecuador in a beautiful surrounding beautiful setting and it was just perfect it took i i think i was through four or five ceremonies until i got what we can call a breakthrough and essentially it was just a breakthrough for me is just realizing what i am yeah but i was i was so much in my in my head in my mind i even when i took the uh, during the first round of or the first day of the ceremony and and we all of us drank the ayahuasca and the shaman was sitting there and playing his music and i took this small cup of brown fluid uh and drank it and i kind of never i never tasted something like that and 15 20 minutes after i could see the other participants laying laying down on their mattresses and some of them were were you know already there with their buckets and throwing up and i was looking around and not really understanding what what was going on i thought everything you know this was just a huge scam like a hoax because i went there paid a bunch of money to get there and uh, you know travel costs cost just as much as as going to the retreat it was i i even think i took a loan actually just to get there <laughs> because i wanted it so much and i had an opportunity to go there and i did but i was i was lying there looking around and seeing people acting yeah it was actually as if they were acting and i thought well i've i've been lured into some kind of sect that is uh, an ayahuasca <laughs> sect and people are just pretending and uh, because i could not feel anything okay hey, w was and, it the entire first ceremony or well the the, the fun thing afterwards when i thought about it i fell asleep even though people were very noisy around me uh, really really noisy but i fell asleep and it was nighttime and i remember waking up this might have been the first or the second ceremony but at least in the beginning i remember waking up and i was looking at the stars from my mattress and I, it was just so natural for me. I, I thought, okay, we're in the mountains, uh, no, no clouds. It's at night. Well, it's nice to to be lying here and just watching, watching the stars. May, may I ask, was that with you opening your eyes or with closed eyes? Because I found it very strange that that sometimes in those experiences where you can sort of close your eyes and think, hang on, I'm still seeing. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so was it open or closed eyes? I I think back then I didn't think much about it so it must have been with open eyes. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then the next day we did a follow up where the uh, shaman like facilitated a, a, a round of sharing and when it was my turn I said well I didn't really get anything out of it. I I I think I fell asleep uh, and I was um, a bit afraid to say that I, I thought all of them were actors, so I didn't. Uh, but after I have shared that I didn't feel anything, I, I started after the sharing round, we went outside and I, I found someone to talk to and I shared my experience. And I realized that I was, I was actually seeing through the roof with my eyes open. I was in this huge room with a roof at night and I could see the stars. Yeah. All right. Everyone who never did ayahuasca will not understand no. what we're talking <laughs> about. But yeah, these things are possible for some strange reasons. Um, wh what is actually the reason that 
made you want to do ayahuasca? Because you briefly mentioned that um, it was rather expensive. You, you may have even taken a loan to get there. So there must have been a huge urge to actually want to do ayahuasca. So yeah. why did you do that? And and was that your introduction to psychedelics or did you had experiences before and why? It was my introduction to psychedelics. And the reason I wanted to go was because I had read about it in 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 a book where working doing inner work during doing shadow work was mentioned and at that time of my life I was going through rough times I didn't although I've been interested in lucid dreaming out of body since I was 20 I still felt that I had what I could call uh, uh, demons I, I believe I called them demons inside of me back then that uh, I needed to fight and this was the reason I I went to Ecuador in the first place I, I at that point I believe I had already tried going to um, a session where the, the therapist used the uh, hypnosis hypnotherapy yeah. but I was too much in my mind to actually get any benefit out of it. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So uh, I found out that ayahuasca works in many mysterious ways, and one of them is actually showing that dark side of you and give, gives you an opportunity to work on it if you want to. Yeah. So uh I went, I went there in order to battle my demons with my sword and shield and everything and wanted just to combat these stupid demons. And of course, they never showed up. They didn't. What did show up was the light that I had. And I was... It took me a while to get out of my head. I, I think four or five ceremonies in, there was what it took actually to break through my mental shield or you know, removing the blinders from my eyes, removing the illusion that I am not, I am not, uh, I'm much more than my human body. And I remember uh, being really uh, um, I don't know if intoxicated is the right word but having the ayahuasca really strong in my body I went to uh, to the bathroom which uh, there was only like a little candle lighting up uh, the entire uh, small bathroom and as I had uh, finished my business on the toilet I was just washing my hands and I started looking myself in the mirror <laughs> and that was awesome. I saw so many things that I've only read about. And the other participants I, also, I, I talked to before the first ceremony and, okay, how do I do this? Uh, is there a certain way to drink it? Is there a certain way to think? Or what, what should the mindset be? How, how can I activate this ayahuasca in me? And all of them was just laughing and just saying, well, just relax, just relax. And when I looked myself in the mirror, I saw these beautiful uh, shapes and I saw eyes everywhere. I, it was it's one of those Alex Gray uh, paintings that you see where there are just eyes everywhere in, in some kind of uh, shape and form. And I was just laughing and just, wow. Okay, so the guys in the room in there, they're not actors. It is actually true. This is this is medicine. This is medicine for my soul. Yeah. Um, I want to interject there because uh, it's interesting because you always tend, we always want to talk about these fantastic experiences we, we have when we 
take ayahuasca, the, the the visuals and so on, or whatever we experience. But you you went there with an urge to fight your demons, and you have experienced something, and that is interesting because you you, you experience something rather visual, I would say. Um, and you're also in this state where you suddenly know things and so on, which is undescribable. Um, but the bottom line afterwards, wh what is sort of your conclusion after all, of, without going into the visual details, but what what is your conclusion of that experience? Did, did you get an answer or wh what did you learn? Because there's a difference between what you experience and what your conclusion of that experience is that is at least for me very fascinating where i also had incredible visual experiences and things happened to me but what was transmitted to me in terms of knowledge and insight is different to what i've seen in a sense so how would you draw your conclusion and did it answer your urge to go there i'm quite happy I went there and I'm uh, I, I wouldn't recommend anyone to take a loan to do such a thing it's let, let's let me put that clear uh, I had no problems paying it back and it was a good investment so I regarded it as an investment in terms of what I got out of it I think certainly it exceeded my expectations I um, I did inner work. I remember doing a lot of healing on myself and that took place in a world that I cannot describe. But I I, th I, I believe I removed a lot of those layers of perception that was holding me back. Yeah. And that, that could be what someone could describe as demons, um, or dark side or shadow shadow work and uh, for a long period of time after that I was focusing on shadow work and thinking that I uh, in order to become a better person I need to do this kind of work I need to remove everything until everything is light but there's only balance when there's dark darkness and light yeah interesting yeah yeah, yeah. It's also fascinating I, because everyone starts this type of journey with their own past life and experience. And I would say everyone has their own traumas in their life, in their childhood. And you get confronted with these things in a way that most of the time you probably don't expect all of these things you start to understand which is fascinating and that that i just wanted to add on something that i mentioned earlier is sort of the the thing that combines all of the people that go on the ayahuasca journey is at least all of them i've talked to they all had some traumas from their childhood which is i think a topic that is not often discussed and i would say even many people don't understand that they have a childhood trauma it is very tricky to admit to oneself that oh fucking hell this is actually a traumatic experience that i went through even though i could say oh it was a beautiful childhood but there are due to how you you're brought up there's so many things that happen to you emotionally and so on that are quite traumatic and once you realize them you can work on them um yeah so most of the people there have traumas that they actively want to work on and manage to work on. But so from, yeah. for some people it is yeah, not so nice to see them work on them because they go through some deep shit. <laughs> yes, yeah, certainly, certainly. And I have been lucky to be part of ayahuasca communities where it is a natural thing to... Um, express during the ceremony all the grief that you have inside of you. Like uh, people get very emotional. Um, 
uh, especially on ayahuasca, I think mushrooms are different in that way because, first of all, they don't give this. Um, um, you don't you don't get uh, nauseous when you eat magic magic mushrooms, for instance. Ayahuasca, because it has certain types of plants in them, uh, it mm, your body reacts in a different way. And and being in those kind of communities in in those kind of uh, with the right set and setting, people are allowed to cry. People are allowed to roll around, uh, acting weird, and the facilitators or and the helpers there are there to support that healing process. So it is a healing, is a pl- it's a space of healing. Uh, it's a place of self-expression. I've I've seen many. Uh, beautiful people expressing their anger and their traumas in m- so many different ways but it's a, afterwards it's a beautiful experience uh, for them although it's not nice to hear someone cry for one hour or two or, or uh, someone jumping around think he can fly or something uh, I've seen that on several occasions um, and but essentially, set and setting is very, very important, and that is regardless of what kind of plant medicine you, you you're taking. Yeah. Uh, but but the 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 shadow work, the integration part of it is uh, essential. I have met many people that have been taking ayahuasca and uh, let's say mushrooms for ages, and still they their personality is still the same. They haven't realized their childhood traumas or or they have not had the courage to face what uh, the plant spirit is actually telling them. Yeah, that is, well, obviously the tricky part because you're leading towards the topic of integration. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, a few minutes ago, I wanted to jump in because uh, when you were talking about the actual experience, what you perceive from the other people, I, I needed to smile and laugh because it, it reminded me of my my ayahuasca session. Um, obviously, <laughs> with a bit of shame, um, I remembered how I was behaving um, and also how I have seen other people behave, um, which I don't really want to describe. But what is interesting is that as weird as the things that happen happen you have the absolute feeling that it is so human what happens because you really understand even though you you see people act out in a certain way you understand really that this is what they need to go through right now and it feels so right and so in place so i'm thankful that 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 um we have these gatherings and communities where you can do that because that that yeah is a very human thing to process and there are not many spaces where you can process these human emotions and things that happen yeah yeah interesting um but yeah you need to experience it yourself and i think there's one word that we need to lose about this is that it it goes without saying but you know it's similar to you know what happens in vegas stays in vegas um and and that kind of phrase applies there as well you know whatever happens there stays there and yeah it's yeah beautiful that we have it in this world it's a very beautiful human experience in in a sense even though people yes. tend to talk about the, the things that happen, you know, the visuals that you perceive. But bottom line is it is a very, very human, beautiful thing that that ceremony and what happens there is is so incredible. And you only understand once you, you've been part of that. Um, yeah. But it, it leads me a bit on to the other topic that we probably want to talk about is psilocybin. Because we we mentioned that it is different. We mentioned that you can have a deep experience on psilocybin when you take a heroic dose, like kind of five grams or more. But that also puts out the idea that you can take less. 
and that is probably more the recreational dose which is probably around two grams or more and then we have also the topic of microdosing which is a tenth of a recreational dose so we talk about maybe 200 milligrams 250 maybe around yeah. that uh, and and when we talk about um clinics uh, that have trials or that start to use microdosing of different types of psychedelics um in those trials they most of the time they only do microdosing right so it is in a state that as you take them you don't have any bodily sensations such as you, you know you you feel when the mushroom starts to work with you and you don't have any visual perceptions so it is you don't actually feel the intake of psilocybin or or any other other psychedelics psychedelic in that sense but it it sort of meant to work on a subconscious level so those are the three types that i think we need to talk about a bit um specifically for psilocybin what what can be achieved and how did you get in touch with psilocybin how did it all start for you that that entire journey okay uh, we can certainly go there uh, psilocybin mushrooms have been on my radar for yeah well ever since my parents talked about uh, you know, all these inappropriate behavior from people that are taking drugs and uh, I think someone in my parents uh, yeah well never mind uh, someone started saying that the you know cannabis is one of those uh, very bad drugs for you and mushrooms and and all that under one umbrella is not good for you. So mushrooms, uh, in in my young years, have has always been something that I would never take. It's only for people that are already have already have a screw loose. Yeah, and uh, I found out that <laughs> it's the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Anyhow, no, it's very interesting because I had a very similar perception of these things. I always thought, oh bloody hell, people that go down that deep path. Because for me, it, I really associated plant medicine or psychedelics with either well psychedelics specifically with the people that go to raves and having a good time uh, no interest in that or it, it was close to what we would consider drugs i thought it is not a way i, I will never get in touch with these um but now yeah it's it, i think the the netflix documentaries they describe it quite well where they really put light in the dark of right there are drugs but there are also psychedelics and there are plant medicines and there's a difference there's a difference how they affect the body there's a difference to how lethal or actually not lethal they are in in terms of dosage and um, how they affect the body lasting or not lasting or actually not affect the body at all um, so yeah, that, that is really an awakening. But I, I was, as a child or younger ages, I was in the totally, well, absolutely in the same mindset. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And let let me be clear on another thing that if you ever seek an experience with any psychedelic, know what you're doing before you take it. Do your research. Do do your due diligence on the people that are uh, offering you this opportunity because set and setting is essential and it can be a very beautiful experience when experienced with the right people around you in the right setting and it can be a, a very difficult experience to go through if you don't feel comfortable and safe in the environment that you are so do do the research yeah, it's interesting because I think what is interesting for your experience and for my experience is that we coincidentally 
had the same reason or the same urge why we wanted to start with ayahuasca because it was really the inner quest for essentially do inner work right we 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 were longing for answers we we knew we had certain topics um that we wanted to work on and that that was let's say a, a helping guide to to do that inner work um which is in in a steep contrast to let's say the scene of uh, a music festival taking psychedelics and having a good time which is a totally different approach and honestly i still don't understand this approach oh well obviously yeah i i can understand why people do that but i have absolutely no calling to go to a music festival and taking psychedelics in order to have those vivid experiences absolutely not the, the only thing that is really of interest to me is bloody hell we have this sacred plant medicine in this world and we can do inner work with that and really progress in our life with that it's absolutely incredible yeah psilocybin mushrooms or magic mushrooms have been uh or became came on my radar when i went to this underground uh place um where i was supposed to have ayahuasca there was a brazilian shaman flying in uh and he was supposed to bring the ayahuasca with him but he was stopped at the custom and the ayahuasca was removed from him so and he he I don't know how he came through uh, all the police and stuff, but eventually um, he arrived at the place of the retreat without the ayahuasca. And all of the participants were informed by the facilitator where he said, well, uh, we don't have the medicine available this time. And uh, I, I do have a plan B. And uh, the next day, uh, it was like a, a weekend retreat. Uh, so we just spent the night uh, just talking to each other and, and getting to know each other. And the next day, the facilitator came back and presented a huge bag of what I found out was magic mushrooms. And we had a beautiful ceremony on, on those mushrooms. And me being, um, you know, a, a big man, uh, the amount of mushrooms I I got was the same amount as a skinny guy would get. And uh, I didn't feel the mushroom that vividly or that um, that strong as I expected. So it's it's like a, a mellow experience, but. It was a nice introduction to to the mushrooms, and this this is like eight years ago or something. And slowly, I was in my mind thinking, how can I, how can I do this? Um, because I, I want to explore the magic mushrooms because it's it's a different kind of plant medicine. The sensations, the body sensations, and the the space that I came came into or the dimensions I experienced were very different from the very uh, sometimes dramatic scenery that you could see on ayahuasca with really clear lines and abstract things where the mushroom for me always have felt uh, somehow more connected to my daily life um, presenting issues or opportunities or possibilities in my in my current life and not something that I experience in another dimension that I cannot really bring back and integrate into my my life eventually I uh, 
I found some people that had a, a good source of these um, sacred mushrooms, and we started exploring that together in, in a small group, and uh, went to this beautiful place where uh, we have so many, so yeah, so many rich experiences uh, together, but also on on uh, solo journeys. And I strongly believe that those kind of experiences have um, made me a better person, I believe. Because my relationship to my, my daughter, uh, my colleagues in, in general, it, it was a large improvement of my life. And um, that was only, I think, because I integrated it. I, I um, valued those experiences as sacred to me, important to me. So it's a very strong statement, but obviously a statement that often gets associated with these types of experiences where either it can range through right this was a life-changing moment for me and they changed their life completely also towards what you described is right i i drastically improved my life in, in various aspects of my life after these experiences um, it is very tricky to talk about it because these experiences are always very individual uh, uh, sorry very, very distinct for every individual right they're, they're always different um, could you try to explain a bit why certain aspects of your life has changed due to the experience is it is it an insight you got that is personal to you or is it uh, an awareness um, yeah can you go into that without try without explaining your personal insight, if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing I I really enjoy is participating, co-creating, and that I was not able to do previously uh, as a human my perception of being myself was I am a human body that life will end at the whatever at whatever age that's it and I was only experiencing my life I was not living it and after some time with the mushrooms or ayahuasca I started thinking that I really want to explore life. I I don't want to just be a passive observer. I actually want to do something with this and and take advantage of that state of non in, in that non ordinary state of mind or consciousness. And I was so lucky to be among friends uh, and people that uh, introduced me to music. We listened to music under such ceremonies uh, and I was so lucky that one of them was a really talented musician and I have uh, been interested in music since childhood I was I played piano and, and stuff but really didn't give it much attention as, as a teenager or, or adult even but it has always been in my awareness that I am I, I like music I like rhythms, and this guy during one of the ceremonies, he uh, pulled out a um, didgeridoo, an uh, Australian uh, wind instrument. You blow it uh, into it like a, yeah, it's just a pipe, and it gives off this really nice drone sound. And he introduced me to that, and I was just blown away. I could see when he played the music, I could see the visuals, I could see the sound, and he inspired me in a way uh, that was unimaginable. 
I, I could not believe I have not seen co-creation that way. So after that first initial experience with music and him playing an instrument live, and not, it was not something that was coming out of a loudspeaker, it was there live. I was I, I got so fascinated that I I found a place to buy this uh, instrument myself, and it took me a long time to actually get a proper sound out of it. But eventually, I got to uh, I got to a stage where I could play this instrument even though I was in this um, yeah non ordinary state of consciousness, and I could channel that energy through me, and. I've been also lucky to uh, be able to play together with other musicians during ceremonies, and that is fantastic. So now you've been talking about the musical creation experience while or during a ceremony. Could you carry that to your ordinary life as well? Can can yes, you bridge certainly. that gap? Certainly. So what I found was this playfulness, because music for me is about being playful. It is, uh, it is channeling the universe music through you. And I found out that outside of the ceremonies, I could still be playful. I could still have this. Um, playful approach to life, to work, to colleagues, to friends, and not being that serious anymore. So in that sense, it has really helped me live okay, a better quality of life because of this. I might have been able to get similar experience playing in, in an orchestra or someone music band or something. But in that state, uh, using the psilocybin mushroom has really um, enhanced my wish to express myself musically and bringing that playfulness into the way I am and the way I interact with uh, my surroundings. Yeah, so essentially music was the guiding hand to give you playfulness in your normal life. Yes. Yeah, very interesting. Um, there's another thing that I wanted to touch on is in the beginning you started with quite a bold statement of, right, I'm imagining this and so on. Um, I'm imagining you and so, yeah. So I think we, we need to elaborate on that statement a bit because that statement on its own can be a bit tricky but we can put a bit of let's say background information on that because for me in in a sense it resonates with me because i i have experienced similar things on on huge doses and it really bridges for me the gap between what is also described as a higher self and the uh, other self. I don't know the right words right now. Um, but also when we talk about um, sort of consciousness in itself, where, where we have a consciousness when we are in an in a awakened state as we walk around during daytime. But consciousness changes when we are asleep, where the consciousness leaves the body and is, let's say, back in his full consciousness, where in our awakened state we walk around in a reduced state of consciousness, essentially. So th there are many concepts in from different angles that start to be described. And also when, when we are on an ayahuasca experience or some people have these understandings and experiences of multi-dimensionality and all of these things so so when you have that in the back of your mind your statement yeah starts to make sense in a certain way but in itself it is already <laughs> let's say it, it you think can, about the i am i am the creator 
Yeah, Stigma. exactly. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think uh, on its own, it's just a bit tricky to to put that statement out. But when, when we talk about it, I think we can make sense of it because there, there are certain experiences that lead to that statement. So do, do you want to expand a bit on that as a closing word, what, why you came to that statement? Because mm. there are some fundamental I experiences you, you had. I can. Uh, I don't know where to start, actually, uh, because you can take a very scientific approach, zooming in on, on the human body, uh, matter in this three-dimensional physical world is energy condensed into something that we call a body. Our eyes perceive uh, only a certain range of frequency and our body, what we see, is only part of that. If we zoom in on our skin, on our body, on our bones, we will eventually find there's there's nothing there. Science tells us there's nothing there. There's nothingness. But something is holding this energy together. A template. We have a template somewhere. And every living thing, every living being on this earth has a template. So a uh, uh, a seed you put into the soil will grow up being a tree but it will look like any other tree if it's an oak it will look like an oak tree but it has this template yeah so on a physical aspect we could say right you're talking about dna but this is not what you're referring to right you're no. talking to is it consciousness that you're talking about or is it something else it, uh, i don't know how to put it actually because um there are so many buzzwords going around. Like we have um, quantum physics describing that that is a field, the endless field of opportunities. And it is there that we create from. We create from our mind and we put it in, we manifest it as uh, spiritual beings in this physical form. We manifest it. So this podcast is just another manifestation of sound. And that has to come from somewhere. It has to. Yes. So th this this is what leads me to, well, I must be creating this. I am much more than my physical body. Even talking about uh, like the century old teachings of the aura like there's this layers of energy around the human body. There is, there is, but it's still attached to something that is in this three-dimensional perception of experience. Yeah. There are multiple in, infinite layers of dimensions on top of this, not only talking about timelines here, because we can jump them as well. But that's a whole other topic. Essentially, I am creating my own experience, experience now talking to you. I'm having an experience as a human talking using my, my voice box as transmediums, uh, transmediums talk about that we have this voice box, our vocal cords. So I am the creator. I'm creating this. And having that mindset... I want to bring that more into my daily life because it can sound as if I am, you know, I've already taken psilocybin mushrooms. I haven't. It's just a mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for explaining. Um, because what I find fascinating is that we, either ayahuasca or psilocybin, can give us experiences which are we, we we then try to explain them, right? We we use words words such as multidimensionality. Um we we use other words where we discover right time doesn't exist. And, and you can have these experiences and experiences such as that you 
come up with this statement, right? They they make perfect sense. The the problem is, I would say, that we are sort of bridging a gap to a field where our words we, we we are limited by our words to explain what we have experienced. So explaining why we have learned certain things is sometimes impossible. What is it, we can have hourly long discussions about simple experiences or insights that we got because it is so tricky to explain. And that is an interesting state that we are all in in this sort of after the experience to understand something sometimes takes weeks because that even what you perceive visually and in terms of understanding emotion and so on it is so tricky for the mind to make sense of it in our reality and then we need to put it into our understanding in this dimension that we are living right now and into words if we want to communicate it or if we dare to communicate it to others yeah um so so it is I would say a really a fascinating new field that that we sort of touch on, and we start to understand that we are held back by the limits of our words, essentially. But there's more than that that we can describe in our dimension. I would I would even go further than saying we are we limit ourselves because of our mindset. Wow.